If you want to hear something new, but you don't know how to choose it, come and join Andy and Chris on Adventures in New Music. Two new records every week, a playlist of our favorite songs. Find us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. And adventuresinyoumusic.com So check out our Woolly Analysis Which occasionally gets boozy Get on board and come along On Adventures in New Music Welcome into episode 20. It is the final regular episode of the series and the last two 2022 albums that we are discussing tonight. We've got My Choice, which is Banny Fire by Crippled Black Phoenix. But first up, it's going to be Andy's Choice and he's picked us Up and Away by Stella and Rodinio. Let's get this podcast up, up and away. <laughs> <laughs> A very exciting intro, a very, very exciting intro. Would have been uh, slightly better if your voice didn't break on the up of a way. <laughs> oh, I quite enjoyed that. I think that oh, kind of added, to the, added to the excitement. Good. You've been watching much of the World Cup? Um, yeah, I've been trying to. I've not, mm. I've not watched as much as I wanted to. I've been sort of dipping in and out. Um, have you? Uh, it's on uh, very, you know, awkward times for, for work and stuff. But I've caught a few games. I, I wasn't really that into it because it's not summertime and there's too many nil-nils. But uh, I've quite enjoyed a little bit of what I've seen. Tonight, dear listener, was the night that Japan beat Spain, which is, I hope that was Crazy. a spoiler for anyone. <laughs> but yeah. um, a very, very controversial goal. Was it a goal? Wasn't it, was, it a goal? I'm saying, you... I'm saying it wasn't a goal. Yeah, I'm pretty much saying that too. Um feel a little bit sorry for for Germany who will have lost out because of it but never mind never mind it's just a game oh god mm, can you say yeah. that I don't yeah. know if you can say well, that it does I mean it does feel like we're watching a load of international friendlies I don't know how you, do you think that <laughs> uh, I've not quite I think it'll kick on a bit when we get now into the knockouts and stuff yeah, and maybe. it has been more exciting this third round of games yeah yeah I don't, but, I don't know. I don't follow football closely at all, so I, I feel a little bit detached from it anyway. I like. I remember back in I don't know ninety four, ninety eight, two thousand two. I knew all the players, pretty well, not everyone, but like most of the players, I'd imagine. But I know, no, like no players now. Mm. Some of the English ones. Uh, that's probably it. <laughs> yeah. I I, I, I always like the World Cups and Euros because I always like when you sort of connect the dots and you go, oh, he's that nationality. He plays for them, does he? You know, when you see a lot of the mm. Premier League players and you don't realise they play for various uh, various different countries and stuff. Um, I don't know. It just for me, it's like even the England-Wales game the other night, it, mm. was, it was just on. I wasn't particularly yeah. paying attention. It was just on. I was like sort of faffing around with various <laughs> other things and, you know. Maybe that's the stage of life for it as well. Maybe it is. I did think that halfway through the yeah. game. Like, have I got a football? Maybe, <laughs> football maybe we're too in love with music to make room in our lives for football. Well, maybe that's what it is. Although, can I have a bit of a grump before we start oh, about a grump about music? Have you seen these Spotify festival lineups that are cropping up on social media? No. 
So, you know, Spotify does, um, like, what you've listened to the most that year. Oh, you yeah, do, like, yeah. the, your top yeah. picks and that. So this year what they've done is that it sort of it works out from what you've been listening to. It works out what your festival lineup is over the weekend. So <laughs> right. the, three, the three people you've listened to the most mm. are, the, are the headliners, and then you've got all the other six. So it's like three sort of main stage lineups over mm. three days. Really clever. I mean, you know, put put to one side the fact that we all know that Spotify ripoff artists, blah blah blah. We know that. We know that, right? But I'll tell you what's really frustrating about it hmm. is I saw, the first couple that I saw cropped up. I nearly screen saved and sent them to you because I was like, "What a festival lineup! <laughs> that that is amazing. That is absolutely incredible." It's only the third one when I spotted Elvis was like opening the main <laughs> stage on Monday. Like, well, hang on, what's going on here? What's going on here? Oh, yeah. um, um, I don't even want to know what mine would have been like. It would have been like the Teletubbies headline. Well, this is the day. problem. <laughs> this is also the problem because, yeah, like it, I, I, I don't dare search mine because it'd be like blooming Mr. Tumble. Yeah, be on it and Ray Parker Jr., big feature. <laughs> big feature. <laughs> yeah, definitely yeah. second headliner at least. Yeah, he's just going to play Ghostbusters for an hour. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's all he ever did. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, arguably not even his song. He ripped it off Huey Lewis, didn't he? Oh, did he? I didn't know that. Oh, was, did you not? Was it a sample? Oh, I'll uh, I'll I'll play it. It's probably a bit boring to play on pod now, but I'll play it off pod in a little bit. Oh, all right. I look forward yeah. to that. Mm. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Uh, right, okay. So, moaning aside, yeah. let's get let's get properly into Christmas let's and talk just... about some Christmas songs and Christmas let's albums and what we've been listening to Christmas. because it is it is that time. I've got a little bit of a quiz as well, which I've kind yeah. of uh, yeah, don't, a little bit embarrassed about it. Now we started podding, but you know, yeah, <laughs> you, wow. you know. It's classic. You've put in lots of work, and you know. To be fair, to be fair, I do, I do the, the edit, the editing. You so do. you know. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm just saying that, so that you yeah. know, so that you know, listeners can be like, he hasn't done any prep. <laughs> I'll be yeah. like, but I, but I was doing something else. Anyway, go on. I'm excited about a quiz. I love a quiz. Do I do a quiz now? Yeah. yeah. Well, okay. If, if, if it fits. Well, yeah, we'll start with the quiz now. Yeah. So basically, um, this week, Time Out have named their top 65 Christmas songs. Don't ask me why it's 65, right? <laughs> yeah, okay. There must have been like, you know, 15 that they just couldn't, you know, they couldn't not put in. Yeah. So um, <laughs> let, let's let's keep it to the top 10. What, okay. what do you think's in there? Do you want to give give me a couple of guesses and I'll tell you whether or not it's, whether or not it's in the top 10? Right, Wizard, I wish it could be Christmas every day. Wizard, I wish it could be Christmas every day, says scrolling through the adverts, is not in the top You're ten. You're kidding. Well, d- no. null and void then. Null and void. The whole thing's uh, right off. Okay, we'll have the Pogues fairy tale of New York. Uh, the Pogues fairy tale of New York is... Let's do with a bit of a drum roll here. Number six. Number six. Blimey. Um, a Slade, Merry Christmas Everybody. Is it Merry Christmas, everybody? Merry Christmas, everyone. Well, Shaking Stevens up. is Merry Christmas, everyone. You're right, it is, and it's not in. Slade isn't in there. Slade isn't in there. No, oh, no. no. Do you want to hear the top ten? Is White Christmas in there? Uh, I tell you what, I wish I'd written this as a list rather than <laughs> just scroll through all the, all the massive adverts. Um, White Christmas is number five. So you've got number five and you've got number six. Jeez, man. What the hell is at number one? Have yourself a merry little... Is it, is it like classic as well as pop? It's a ones? complete mix. It's a complete oh, mix. Jeez, man. Right, have yourself a merry little Christmas will be in there. Um... Stall for me, stall for me, stall for me. It's not, it's not, it's it's not. not. What the hell is this list? Right, let me give you the top 10. Are you ready? Are you ready? Number 10. Happy Christmas War is over. No, I mean, I I like it, but it's on the dreary end. Not one of my favourites, yeah, absolutely. 
Rocking Around the Christmas Tree, number okay. nine. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, Band-Aid, number eight. Okay, yeah. This song, number seven, I mean, obviously I know this song, but, you know, every year, there's always a song that crops up every year, uh, a Christmas song which takes me a little bit by surprise, which I've, uh, you know, ones that I've enjoyed, but all of a sudden you're like, whoa, this is my song of the year for Christmas this year. Last year it was Driving Home for Christmas by Chris Rea. Beautiful. Just, I've always like thought, yeah, it's all right, but last year, proper got into it. Mm. The number seven in this list is my, this year's one. It's Christmas mm. Rapping by I the love Christmas. I was yeah. going to, yeah, I think that's, for some reason, that's I've, I've got really excited about putting that on this year yeah, as well. Yeah, it's really good, isn't it? It's mm. really good. Great bass line. Oh, great, great bass line, great drumming throughout, actually. Really, really good. Yeah, yeah. Um, so number six, you've got Fairytale in New York. Number mm. five, White Christmas. Number four, Stay Another Day. Oh, that's just not relevant. That's just not... I mean, it's, <laughs> I mean, it's not even a Christmas song. They just wang some bells at the end. It, yeah, exactly. It was just a it was just Christmas number one. Yeah. It's got the creepiest line of any song ever written. I touched your face while you were sleeping. Mm. Although apparently, isn't it about his brother? Didn't they kind of kind of uh, didn't they mix it up a bit and make it about his brother who actually passed away? Oh, and initially, okay. it was about All that, right. and then they were like, "Oh, well, um, we'll turn it into a love song for the for the mass market." But they've still got some weird lines in there. Yeah, it is a bit weird. Number three is probably my favourite. Uh, Christmas, baby, please come home, darling, love. Okay, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, met with absolute uh, non-excitement by Andy. Uh, yeah, number was... two, number two is Last Christmas by Wham. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Little on the boring side, I think that. Um, and number one, Step into all Christmas. I, all I want for Christmas is you, Mariah. Oh, okay. Yeah, I should have should have gone with that first. That's what I'd probably open the uh, the party DJ in with. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I, I like to think of my Christmas songs in sort of in groups. So I've got my contemporary pop and I have, I, I put Slade, Merry Christmas, Everybody, uh, Wizard, I Wish It Could Be Christmas Every Day, and weirdly, perhaps, Shaking Stevens, Merry Christmas, Everyone, as like, like a, it. As a power trio of the contemporary. I say contemporary, what, 70s and up. Yeah, so yeah, that's yeah. what, 50 years ago. Oh, man. That, um, oh, that's horrible. That's no, horrible. Sorry, I don't like it. I don't like thinking that. I don't like that. But, um, but yeah, I kind of put them as like a real three. I think the Pogues Fairy Tale in New York is, is is has got no competition. It kind of occupies its own territory. So it's, so it's not it's not even better than anything else. It's just out there on its own. It's a very very singular, um, you know, track. Nothing yeah. really compares to it. And then I like the classic ones. I really love Peggy Lee. It's Christmas time again. Mm. Uh, the 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 chestnuts roasting on open fire. The Christmas song, as it's known. There's a version of it by a, a, a very little-known crooner called Jack Jones, which is far, far superior to the much more popular Nat King Cole version. Um, I, am, I, I like to consider myself a Christmas music connoisseur. Um, <laughs> I, I just absolutely love it. It's riddled with key changes as well. Very, very complex, but just beautiful. We had it on tape, uh, and, and that Peggy Lee one as well, I think. Uh, and that was our Christmas tape when I was growing up, and I absolutely loved it. I'm sure I put that on on like the 1st of September when I was a kid. But I I, I really love those songs. What were your kind of classic ones growing up? Uh, well, I've always loved the Phil Spector. I, I, I like the Christmas album. I like the um I, I love the beach boys christmas album i love the jackson five christmas album i like a lot of the i think we spoke about this last year but i love a lot of like the compilation ones i love the motown christmas one is amazing mm. and and i like the thing i love about that is that you'll have a couple of tracks 
And then you'll have like the four tops coming on going, hey guys, it's the four tops and we're here to wish you a happy Christmas. <laughs> and then it sort of moves on. It's just brilliant sort of to have on. I'd have to say what's been my consistent favourite probably for the past 10 years is the Charlie Brown album. Oh, yes. Love yeah, it, which I have album. actually just bought the reissued vinyl off. So that'll be that'll be going on. Nice. Lovely stuff. Oh, I yeah, do like that. Yeah. So recent kind of Christmas releases keep showing up on, on uh, my streaming service as new releases, and it's like Michael Bublé, and it came yeah. out like 10 years ago or something. And, you know, I've got no, I don't object to Michael Bublé the way some people might, but I do object to being told that a 10-year-old album is new when I'm on the lookout for new Christmas releases. Yeah. My favourite uh, recent Christmas album is is... is Casey Musgrave's Christmas album, which has an absolute killer version of I Want a Hippopotamus for Christmas on it. Um, and I highly recommend you check that out. But in 2022, I've not found that many new releases of, of Christmas records or EPs or anything else by folk. Right. Have you? Uh, I've got a few. Do you want me to run you through what I've got, what I've heard this week, which I've been sort of thoroughly enjoying? Yeah, do. I've got one, uh, but you may uh, you may happen well, to find it I'll as do you a go couple, through yours. I'll yeah. do a couple first. Uh, the first one you actually brought to my attention, but it's worth just bringing up again because it is great. It's Christian Lee Hudson's version of Silent Night, uh, yeah. which yeah, is yeah. fantastic. Um, these uh, There's a couple of other tracks that I just want to mention. Well, two tracks in an EP. There's, um, do you remember Dropkick? The band yeah. Dropkick, who it's, it's the, the boys with the perpetual nervousness, yeah. you know, friends of the pod, I'd like to say, because um, <laughs> of, of how much I've gone on about them over the years. <laughs> They've got a Christmas single out on Bandcamp, and it's a pay-what-you-want thing, so um, I've slipped them a few quid and downloaded it. It's called All I Want for Christmas is a Rest, open brackets, <laughs> open brackets, is it only another day, close brackets. <laughs> and it's really nice it's dead nice. it's just what you'd expect from from them guys it's really cool nice jangly guitars nice it, it, in the middle it breaks down to sort of Phil Spector wall of sound beat oh, cool. um, yeah really into that um, there's uh, have you heard of a band at London punk band called Chubby and the Gang no I don't know them right they're quite cool so they've brought out a single um, which is called Violent Night oh <laughs> In brackets, A Christmas Tale. And their lead singer, Charlie Manning Walker, said in an interview that I read, said of the new song, said, I wrote this Christmas song sitting in my van, freezing cold, waiting to start work during the holidays because I'm tired of hearing the same four songs on repeat over the season. <laughs> and it's good. It's, it's really sort of... Um, it reminds me of a bit of a sort of more polished, up-to-date Ramones, even. Oh, cool. Yeah, I like it. It's really good. I've, I've listened to that a couple of times, actually, today in the in the car, and it's good. It's good. That's, yeah, Chubby and the Gang. Um, I think it's like an EP that's coming out, but this is the only track so far. It's called A Christmas Extravaganza is the EP, mm. and the song is Violent Night. Um, and the final one that I'm going to leave you with is is one of your uh, featured artists, Andy, a couple of weeks ago. Um, Alexis French has brought out um, the first Noel EP. Oh, yeah, I saw that. I haven't listened to it. Is it good? Oh, it's gorgeous. It's absolutely Whoa. gorgeous. And if you check out his Instagram, there's a few um, videos of him playing Silent Night. And he's, it's a, such a nice arrangement. Like, uh, cordially, it's lovely. It's just lush. Really, really nice. Really oh, nice. I, I like his stuff. All right, I will yeah. Um, so that's that's mine. So do you want to hit me up with... Yeah. Well, I did notice that Future Islands had done uh, last Christmas. Which oh, I have they? Yeah. I haven't actually listened to it yet, but I've got that queued up to... to Immediately to. scrambling for that now. <laughs> I am... Um, it's not new, but I've I've actually got quite into Burl Ives' Christmas album. You know Burl Ives? 
I'm not sure I do. No. Well, I think he's probably long gone. Uh, this this record was apparently released in 1964, but I've really got into it this year. Oh, right. Christmas with Burl Ives. It's it's got some kind of like I saw three chips and Holly Jolly Christmas and things like that on it. Um, but my uh, my 2022 Christmas EP of the year. No, that's ridiculous. The the thing I've been listening to most is uh, is the So Much Wine EP by Phoebe Bridges, which is a lovely uh, expansion on on the. Um, seven o'clock news silent night single she released a little while ago and includes a cover of have yourself a merry little christmas and if we make it through december uh, as well as i think a couple of her home homegrown songs would you call them she's written them herself yeah. whatever that means <laughs> but yeah. i am um, really nice if we make it through december is is proper she's she, She's, she lends herself to a sort of wintry sound. It's very kind of cold and crisp, and she she kind of goes at her song so slowly and gently sometimes. She almost sounds like she's freezing. So it really, really works. Um, really lovely. And I was thinking about the, the 7 o'clock news Silent Night thing. Did you ever hear the Simon and Garfunkel version of that? No. It's essentially a cover, and they're, um, they're playing news about Watergate and the Vietnam War and stuff in the background because like the radio gets slightly louder than the song. It's very clever and she's right. doing it more about the kind of the state of American politics now and, and, and does it like that. It's really good. But it got me thinking about a silent night as a song. And I remember being a kid and, and thinking like, who is Brown John Virgin? <laughs> <laughs> That was, and I was, I was going to ask you if you had any kind of uh, lyrical mishearings of Christmas songs that you would like to relate. But that's nothing that springs to mind. No, it's a mind you've got to dig. Really, it's not the kind of thing that drifts off the top of your head, is it? So you know, maybe, maybe, uh, maybe over the Christmas special, we might talk a little bit about that sort of thing, eh? Yeah, yeah, he's uh, yeah, yeah. He's on the he's on the Brown John Virgo. (laughs) Brown John. (laughs) Yeah, good sneaker reference there. Very nice. Yeah, yeah, very, very nice. Yeah, yeah. That'll that'll have gone down well with our American and Canadian friends, I'm sure. (laughs) Hey, well, yeah, you know, Cliff Thorburn, man. You know, he played. Yes, true. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Big big Canadian (laughs) sleeper. Yeah, yeah. Anyone else? Uh, This has all got very niche. It has, it has. Mm. Okie dokie. Right, well, shall we um, (laughs) crack on with the main show then? Because we've got a couple of good albums to get through, haven't we? Yeah, let's do it. Okie dokie, the first of our final two albums of this series. It's Andy up first. Andy, what have you done? (laughs) Well, uh, I have chosen us Up and Away by Stella and Rodinho. This album isn't really by Stella and Rodinho, but it is by Stella. Stella with a sigma, as she is widely known, in order to denote the fact that she spells her name with the Greek letter sigma, has teamed up with producer Tom Calvert, a.k.a. Rodinho, on Up and Away, Stella's fourth album. Stena Chronopoulos, an Athens native, has been releasing music since 2012. 
She began writing while a student at the Athens School of Fine Art, sharing her home-recorded music online. She soon garnered popularity and found herself in demand as a guest vocalist for a number of acts on the Athens indie scene. Signing with Greek label Inner Ear Records, her debut album Stella was released in 2015. Described as a purveyor of glistening home-recorded synth-pop, Up and Away is something of a departure, inspired and infused as it is by traditional Greek folk music. Production-wise, it leans more towards a retro sound than the dance beats present on the likes of her self-produced 2020 album, The Break, a record that led to her being signed to Sub Pop for her latest release. So let's crack on with a question for Chris. Did this album send you up, up and away into the heavens? Or would you like to tie this album to a balloon and watch it float up and away like a crying child at Disneyland? <laughs> like uh, like the house in Up. Um, oh. That's so sad. They only watched that. Only watched that in lockdown. The first episode. Oh you know? me, that first ten minutes absolutely slays me. Just like, yes. well, really maybe does, not even ten. It? It's like five minutes. Just watch that. That life story. Just oh, anyway, yeah. I'm yeah. not alone there. They know what they're doing. Then Pixar folk. Yes. Anyway, I'm going to do the decency of doing something that I don't think I've done all series. I'm going to answer your question. What? Um, this album is... What was the, what was the question again? <laughs> up, up and away? It's, did it send me up, up and away? Yeah. It did send me up, up and away. Did it? Did really, it? Really, really, thoroughly, really liked it. Mm. Tell me for why, Chris. Tell me for why. What did you like about it? Well, first of all, obviously, I got straight away the, the sort of the Greek mm-hmm. origin of... Of of Stella, um, what was the name? Sorry, Stella Chronopolis. Stella Chronopolis. That's it. Yeah, um, with the old. What was it called again? The letter. <laughs> the Sigma. Have you listened to anything I've said? <laughs> I have. I'm just not. I'm not good with my worms, am I? You know. That. <laughs> <laughs> so sticking this album on straight away, you can mm. you can hear that there's there's that little sort of there's the, the traditional sort of Greek music going on. There mm-hmm. is stuff going on there. But what I found, the first couple of songs, I was listening to the first couple of songs, I'm like, there's something really cool going on here. I can't mm. quite put my finger on what it is. And then halfway through the second song, I was like, ah, all the the, the first two songs are all in three-bar groupings. Ooh, what? Did you get what, that? Tell me, no, I didn't get that. Tell me about this. So it's like the phrasing. So normally we, when we think about a song and you think about like a verse, you think about a verse as being in a grouping of, of like maybe four bars or you'd have like two lots of four bars, yeah. thinking in fours all the time, eight bars, 16 bars, whatever. This is in threes. So it's like three bars of four. Okay. Yeah. yeah. It just makes it feel mm. like there's something weird going on and you're like, but there isn't because it's in four and it's like a little sort of trick. Um, but it's super cool. It's really, really good. It's really, really good. So first of all, yeah, I got that. I got the cleverness there, and I thought, I really like this. As we got into it, it started reminding me of stuff that we'd listened to before, which I thoroughly enjoyed. The first one that came to mind was um, Tamara Peck. Oh, okay, from cool. From last yeah, yeah. series, mm-hmm. which if you haven't checked out her album, you must. It's wonderful. Um, I think in particular, it's when you hit track four. Yeah. Uh, sorry, track three. Which oh, yeah. is actually, an, which is actually an instrumental. instrumental how, yeah. how are we pronouncing that one? Maneros. Cool. That's good with me. So that song, when that kicks in, you've had these two sort of weird, you know, the poppy, very mm-hmm. poppy tunes, mm-hmm. but in these weird sort of structured groupings of, of three bars. Mm-hmm. Then this third track, the instrumental kicks in. Absolutely love the vibe on this. It, mm-hmm. It's go out early. It's probably my favourite, although not right for the mm-hmm. playlist, probably my favourite on the album. Mm-hmm. Um 
but what's great about it is this sort of really warm production makes you feel like you're in the room the drums are just super super dry the yeah. snare drum kind of sounds like they've got a cardboard box and just put snare yeah 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 it. totally yeah the bass is brilliant the bass play, the bass yeah. play on this album is wonderful it's, it's really spacious yeah. on the bass and this one in particular I think well maybe this one and who cares yeah. I think are the best at blending what I would think of as a traditional sort of Greek sound with a more contemporary sound if that makes yeah. sense I mean I'm not going we're, we're not going Zorba the Greek you know we're not. no but it's definitely something of uh, I don't know a, a, a bazooki in there yes. or something, you know some, something like that in some of the tracks I don't know enough about um, Greek folk music to be able to kind of say which players and, and everything else but I definitely hear something it's sort of somewhere between a mandolin and a lute is what it sounds like but it, I, I believe that might be a bazooki in there somewhere mm. um, I, I found it quite fascinating how all of that's incorporated but I also read some reviews that talked about how this has really taken her away from the, the path she was on which was of a kind of glistening poppy well produced slick thing that she had going on a bit dancey and I don't think at any point this record is particularly dancey apart from maybe Another Nation mm. which probably occupies the, the most contemporary or, or at least um, dancey uh, moment on the album it reminded me a bit of Baby Boy by Beyonce that track <laughs> Oh yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? It was just, yeah. I think lyric, well, not maybe not lyrically, but in terms of the way the lyrics scan or the, the rhythm of the lyrics, it really did carry a, a, a different vibe to the other tracks, and it was, it was really clever. Some some sort of funky drumming on that as well. I really did enjoy that one. But yeah, Maneros as well. Drums on that, pretty pretty cool. Yeah, the, the drums and the bass do a lot of the heavy lifting on this album, don't they? Yeah. I mean, I'm not even that aware of guitars on this album particularly. I know they're there. They're very subtle, very understated, but when you really tune in, what they're playing is super cool. Mm. Um, but yeah, it's the, like the bass. I mean, the bass playing I found really fascinating on this album because yeah. there's quite... A, throughout the whole album, there's a lot of sort of really intriguing chords, quite sort of jazzy chords. Mm. And there's a lot of bass notes throughout the album almost sound like they're wrong. <laughs> there's like little passing notes or little yeah. off notes. Uh, and they're not, of course they're not wrong, but mm. when you listen to me, like it's just that sort of, almost like a bit of a clash, a nice clash with yeah. the chord that's going on. Um, there's a note in particular in Nomad, mm-hmm. which every time they hit the note, when I first listened to it, I was like, ooh. <laughs> but it's like, I love it, it's brilliant, it's really, really cool. And the bass line in Charmed is the same, where yeah. it's like sort of, it, it, mm. <laughs> I don't know, it's like, it, it's just different, it's probably just you know, stuff that we're not used to, to hearing, you know. I think so, because it's, it reminds me of a lot of Europop, but not, not in the Europop kind of like big scooter. Yeah. <laughs> but, but, so a lot of those bass lines really reminded me of stuff like Vanessa Paradis or even stuff like Serge Gainsbourg, which is mm. which is sort of rooted in, I mean, very, very French sound in Europop, both of those, but I guess Greek Europop might be similar to French Europop, I don't know, but there's a, definitely a different kind of understanding of music, and I think bass lines have a huge amount to play in that. But one of the things that those sort of uh, those bass lines that play a rhythmic part, sort of in the centre of a, a riff or the centre of progression, and repeat and repeat, and don't necessarily move with the chords. Uh, one of the things I always think about them is that air do them really well. They do them on a lot of different tracks. 
But then you also hear that kind of influence, and this is a bit out there, but you, you hear it on sort of Radiohead stuff as well. Colin Greenwood yeah. is like one of the masters yeah. of just playing a riff, take Airbag, for example, where it's essentially the bass is just this riff that occurs in the middle of the progression yeah, every time it so cycles clever. through. So there's a hell of a lot of that kind of thing going on, which just makes me, makes me think, well, maybe he was listening to a lot of Europop. I um I was particularly pleased to hear a whistling section. On, yeah. On Titanic. On Titanic, yeah. Yeah. It's it's a difficult thing to pull off, a catchy whistling riff, but I found myself whistling along to that with extreme regularity. Good. Because you know this is one of my panics, don't you? I've mentioned yeah, well, this before. Yeah. And more, I know it's one of your panics because you think, who does it live, etc. So you have a lot of questions. I think with being a, being a not very strong whistler myself, I just yeah. think, you know, I, I, yeah, I, I just, yeah, yeah. I love yeah. that. I love that that is the bit that you're worried about because you're not a particularly strong whistler. In terms of all yeah. the other instruments, you're not worried. Not worried. Yeah. I'm such a proficient you, bassist. I can't. Love that bazooki over here, mate. <laughs> yeah, I love it. Exactly. <laughs> Do you remember that video of, uh, I always get this the wrong way around, of Focus? Focus, Focus, yeah. yeah which one Hocus is Pocus. It's Hocus, the band Pocus, is Focus, Focus, yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and he does the whistling solo. <laughs> and yeah. he has that split second where the whistle doesn't come out. <laughs> and you see his eyes just go, oh yeah. my God. It's oh. so good. Oh, well, I'll link, link that. that li- in the show notes. I'll link that. I'll link that. <laughs> I tell you what, you know, we've not done it in ages. <laughs> we've not put some music at the end oh, of the, of the episode. Bang that in at the end of this episode. Let's oh. have a bit of focus. That's from um, the live version of that, isn't it? We'll have that to is, use the studio. Oh, absolutely superb. But that bit, of course, because, I mean, it's such a weird song, isn't it? Um, Hocus Pocus by Focus. Oh, yeah, which actually probably more suited for the chat for the next album. But um, <laughs> when... <laughs> When that, um, yeah, it, it sort of it has the rocking bit, and then it keeps cutting into the verses. It's like yeah. every, it one minute he's playing the flute, next minute he's doing a whistle, <laughs> next thing he's doing like an organ solo. It's like an entertainer on Blackpool Promise, and it? it keeps coming back to. Did they have any other other, other big songs? Did yeah, they well, they were quite big. They were Dutch, weren't they? Dutch kind of prog rock band. I think they had they had albums. Yeah, I don't know anything about them, but I know, I know they weren't a one hit wonder. Was that I can't, a wonder hit? Was I can't think. I don't know. Was it? A, was it a hit? I remember there's um, a band on the '60s circuit that I play with, the, the Shantays, and they had a song called uh, "Pipeline." Was their big hit? It's like mm. a, you, you would know it. It's like an instrumental, a bit like the sort of Shadows, that sort of thing. But they announce it as saying, um, "We're now going to play a medley of our hit," <laughs> <laughs> which uh, always tickles me, even though yeah. I've heard it about eight times. <laughs> I'm going to try and find somewhere I can use that. Mm. Yeah. I don't... I can't, nothing springs to mind, but I'll well, try and You'd have to have a hit, it. wouldn't you, first? Yeah, yeah. yeah, maybe, but yeah. Something, something else. Something else. I'll use it in some other... Con- anyway, back to yep. Stella and Rodinio for Up and Away. Yes. Uh, Titanic is a good one. Is, mm. Just going back to that one, that is a real good one. Mm. Um, the, 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 the truth is... Let's talk mm. about that one. So that's, that's sort of like got a bit of an 80s feel to it. Yeah, I'm, I, I'm guessing that's where a little bit of a kind of other schooling comes in with the yeah, whole... Yeah, makes sense. With the whole dancey stuff and the beats and that. Um, it, it, it's, it's interesting. It sort of sits very much as part of these songs, but also has a little bit of a standout. And I guess when you listen to an album, that's what you want. You want the cohesion, but to have things that make them all sound a bit different. So I think it works really well. It does. It's got that the whole '80s vibe to it, like mm. particularly the guitar playing and the vocals, and 
Like, so then it goes into a bit of a dreamy ending, though, with like these guitars and heavy, sort of reverberated vocals. Mm. And, then, and then it goes into like a real folky ending, which I'd actually put mandolin question mark, but I think, I think you're right, actually, with it being the old bazooka. bazooka. Bazooki. What is it? Bazooki? Bazooki, yeah. that Baruki? <laughs> <laughs> That's what they do in Greece. Um, uh, yeah. Yeah, I, yeah. I, have you ever d- been to Greece? Yeah, I've been a bunch of times. I love Greece. Um, have you? Y- yeah, but all, like flipping <laughs> 18 to 30s holidays. Oh. So this brought back a few memories of uh, smashing plates in Zanti circa 97. <laughs> Very nice. That's yeah, I've been doing, a few it? times. I really love Greece. I think Greek food is probably my favourite of all cuisines. I know that's mm. quite a bold statement, and I know that like sometimes that's that's like what kebabs. But it's like no, it's not just kebabs. It's like, oh, it's the vine leaves wrapped the up. Salads, all yeah, all, like, all yeah. of the, the way they do that. The way they cook fish. I don't really like fish, but when you like go to Greece and you eat fish that's been cooked on sort of barbecued and whatever on the charcoals it's yeah. oh it's amazing they just make everything taste really good uh it, it, it's incredible i love greek food there we go also as well i mean it's incredible now because obviously something like feta cheese is so readily available mm-hmm. but going back i remember the first time i tasted feta cheese in greece it absolutely changed my life <laughs> just like what i can have a block of cheese that's just drizzled in olive oil and a bit of um, oregano thank you very much i'll take that all day long yeah, well, it is incredible stuff, man. We never, we're never without it, you know. It's just, there's always some in the fridge. Yeah, I just, I just love chucking together a Greek salad. Oh yeah. man, we could talk about this probably more than more. Than <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So one of the criticisms I read of this record, and I haven't listened to. Uh, I had a quick snippet at the last record, but n- not much of the uh, other records. Well, one of the criticisms I heard of this record is that Rodinio, or Mister Calvert, had. Um, had kind of buried her vocals oh. and turned it into a bit of a dream pop style shoegaze almost um, vocal affair. And I was like, has he? And so I started listening to it with slightly f- a different slant. And you know what? The vocals could be really, could have a long way to go. They could be pushed quite high in the mix. There's a lot of right. headroom on them because they are quite, quite, not, maybe not buried. But they are definitely swamped. And the more I kind of listened with that slant, the more I thought, this is quite murky production-wise. There's a lot going on, a lot of cool stuff. And I like what you say about the drums. I, the way I was imagining the drums was just, just like absolutely covered in towels. Every, yeah. like, every bit of that kit is like covered in a towel. And it's just sort of dead almost, but, but totally works. But it's almost quite swampy production-wise. Yeah. Uh, I, did you did you pick up on that? Did you think about that? Did you I agree? didn't. I didn't pick up on that. I mean, it's if you, if you're if you're just listening to it, it's just like, well, no, this is how this music is, and this is how it's meant to sound. When you kind of go, oh, someone didn't like it for this reason. Why? Yeah, it's funny, isn't it? Yeah, and and you know, it didn't make me dislike it at all because I think it's a fab record, but um, but it did make me kind of listen to it with, with a slightly different take and. Uh, and it was interesting to know that actually her vocals sparkle on other records. And here, they're just sort of down there, quite low in the mix. Mm, mm, made me want to check out other records a bit more, to be honest. Yeah. Which yeah. is a good well, thing. 
Well, would you continue to carry on listening to this album? Yeah, I like it. Reminded me of Alexandra Saviour as well. Yes, that's one that I've got. Alexandra Saviour and Oh Me, it reminded me a little bit of. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, they were good. They oh, were I wonder good, what they're they? up to. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, good shouts. Good shouts. Um, yeah, I would definitely continue to listen to this. I'd like to see it live. I'd be interested, actually. It feels like it could go a bit of a kind of like folky, you know, swaying. The audience swaying with the hands in the air, Woodstock kind of, yeah, not, not Woodstock '99 sort of thing. Yeah, flipping that, yeah, um, it's not back for Durst party. But yeah, I'd, I'd I'd see it, and I think onto the playlist. Tough on this. Uh, I might put another nation. It's not a bad shout. Mm, I enjoyed not, that. What were you not thinking? Not a bad shout. Yeah, I'd go with that. I'd go with that. Um, I enjoyed Charm. I enjoyed Titanic. Yeah. Um, quite enjoyed the final track, Is It Over? Yeah. Quite, a ball, quite a ballsy move, calling your last track of the album, Is It Over? <laughs> I know, yeah. It went all quiet at the end of that, and I had to look. And it was, I was like, is it over? And then it stopped, and I went, yes, it is. <laughs> well they think, played. They think it's all over? It is <laughs> over. <laughs> oh, I, enjoyed it. I, I enjoyed it. I thought it was a good record. Yeah, I very much enjoyed it. Excellent. Great choice. Good one to bow out on, Andy. Well done. Cheers, bud. Um, yeah, great. We've right. got one there, then. So, onto the playlist goes Another Nation, and that is by Stella and Rodinio from their slash her album, Up and Away. Now, to access the playlist, it's very, very simple. Just search Adventures in New Music 2022 on Spotify or Apple Music or go to www.adventuresinnewmusic.com. Hit the big playlist button there. You'll see it right in the corner and have a listen through to the playlist. There's loads of good stuff. I'm sure you could discover your new favourite band. I'm not talking about the hives. Okay. Right then, uh, Chris. Your final record of the year. What you chose us? So I chose us Bannifier by... <laughs> yeah. So I chose us Bannifier <laughs> by Crippled Black Phoenix. Lucifer Rising. Released on the 9th of September 2022 on Season of Mist Records, Bannifier is the 12th studio album by English dark rock collective Crippled Black Phoenix. Formed in 2004, Crippled Black Phoenix is the brainchild of Justin Greaves, drummer of several doom and sludge bands, including Iron Monkey and Electric Wizard. Greaves began recording ideas down on acoustic guitar and with the encouragement from Dominic Hitchison of Mogwai, their ideas would lay the backbone for Crippled Black Phoenix. Initially produced by Jeff Barrow of Porter's Head, the band has progressed and developed over its 18-year life. Band members have come and gone like characters in a film. There's a long list of cast members for this band over the years. Wikipedia lists over 50 musicians as having played some part in the band's 12 albums and countless live performances. 
But at present, the band stand as an eight-piece, blending folk and Victorian-era instruments in tandem with more traditional rock instrumentation. As a result, it can be hard to pigeonhole Cripple Black Phoenix's sound with progressive rock, dark folk, psychedelic and post-rock or metal being just a few of the genres the band could belong to. Greaves says the band write end-time ballads, signifying both the melodic but slightly macabre nature of their songs and unusual blend of styles as the final evolution in music. The press release that accompanies this album states, Since its 2004 creation, Cripple Black Phoenix has served as the voice of the voiceless, whether it be animals, the unequal and the different. Greaves and long-standing vocalist and lyricist Belinda Kordick have often proffered that these beings cannot fend for themselves. Henceforth, Cripple Black Phoenix's mission has been to shed light on the human condition and the inequalities that befall humankind and its creatures. Their battle marches on with their latest studio album, Banifier. And that takes us over for the last time of 2022 to Andy in Hebden Bridge. And Andy, I'm just going to simply ask, Banifier by Crippled Black Phoenix. Are we ending this year on a big bang? Or are we going out like a whimpering wet fart? <laughs> like a, a big bang of a fart. <laughs> or a whimpering wet fart. Um, it's, uh, it's, there's definitely a big bang to this record, isn't it? It's big. Yeah. And there's some bangs in there. Oh, voice, uh, voice of the voiceless. I thought that was... Ooh. That's interesting, isn't it? Mm. I wonder if there's any of the voices going up. <laughs> that the guy the guy does the mumble solo on that um, just be up to me but <laughs> just like you know hey i didn't say that hang on oh don't agree uh, that's, that's that's trouble with representing the voices i suppose um interesting interesting record electric wizard was one of the bands that i was like yeah they're definitely some some electric wizard in here i can even visualise a couple of their album covers as I was walking along the canal listening to this record. So you know Electric Wizard, do you? Yeah, a little bit, a little bit. Kind of doom, stonery stuff. Uh, yeah. Pretty good, pretty heavy, pretty rocky. And Mogwai involved. Mm. Yeah. And Portishead. Yeah. Now that I didn't see coming. No. Um, I thought this was quite amusing. In Not amusing. I thought it was quite interesting the way this album begins because from the album cover, you know, a creepy... Oh, the album comes great, in it? Yeah, creepy. What are they? Like a uh, woodland creatures with human body parts on a washing line behind them. They're all sat around a table looking at the looking at the person who's looking at the album cover with like, yes, you've disturbed us. Yeah, it's um, a bit wicker man, in it? Yeah. So there's that. In fact, Bannerfire. I'm like, what is that? But that sounds quite wicker man as well. Cripple Black Phoenix. That's like such a, you know, a cool kind of name the, the track you'd heard was witches and bastards yeah and then the, the opening track incantation for the different i was like oh man this stacks up to be this sort of monumental almost like uh, english country goth rock scariness and the yeah. first two words on the record are steve jobs <laughs> yeah and i was like oh okay so, so we're straight into the 21st century um yeah which surprised me it's weird that opener. Yeah, it's definitely weird. It's definitely weird. It's a long kind of rambling 
speech I don't know yeah reminded me a little bit of, of Godspeed you know F hash whatever infinity yeah. hash that, that album from back in 97 was that their first yeah, album yeah, yeah opens with that great monologue about all the cars being on fire and there's no driver at the wheel and stuff um, really reminded me of that so immediately I was put into that sort of headspace and it sort of follows it it follows the narrative of that and you can see why you know post rock and, and post metal stuff is 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 easy to put these guys into but I agree there is a sort of there is a lot more there is a sort of wicker man vibe to it I did enjoy the mix of, of singers as well you could definitely tell where one character leads a song in one direction yeah it definitely adds something to it doesn't it it does it really reminded me of Swans as well. Did you ever listen to Swans? Little bit, little bit. You know, it's a band that I kind of love, but I'm terrified of as well. And and I probably talked on the podcast about them a little bit before, where they had they've got a, a main singer, Michael Gira, is it? I can't remember now. But they've got um, he's not the actor, is he? Michael Gira? No, that's Paul Sierra. That's who I'm <laughs> thinking of. Yeah, it's not him. Um, okay, Michael Gira. Uh, uh, and they had a witch called Jarbo singing with them for a few years in the 90s, early 2000s, I think. Um, or at some, I don't even know when. I don't even know. I shouldn't pretend to know. Um, but it reminded me a little bit of that, the way the vocals changed hands and you had these female-led ones as well. Who is the, who is the woman involved in the band? So the female is uh, Belinda Cordick. Right, and what else has she done? Do you know? No, I don't know. Oh, she was she she was an interesting presence on the record. I thought she's got a great voice, eh? Mm, yeah, really cool. Really, you, it moves in a lot of different directions. Like, yeah. for example, Blackout '77, which is a big, it's almost like a radio play about the uh, New York blackouts. Yeah, or I think it's about the New York blackouts. Yeah, yeah, it's got like uh, news clips and stuff in, hasn't it? Yeah, but it's um. But it starts to then talk about the army of the disenchanted and how they started attacking the homes and the businesses of the, the wealthy. And I'm not sure that happened in the New York blackouts. I thought, no. New York, thought that was a pretty peaceful thing. So maybe it's a sort of dystopian spin on it or maybe it's about something else entirely. I don't know. But it was um, pretty interesting. Yeah. I liked it. Are you? I'm, I feel like this is sort of more my kind of territory as a record. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. I did. I did enjoy it. What I will say first of all is, long old record, isn't it? Yeah, man. I've got to be honest, didn't get through it that many times. One hour 38 in total. Yeah, I had to do it in shifts. You know, yes. I, got, I got kids and did a job. <laughs> so I listened to it all, all the way through from start to finish. I've listened to it once this week. I have listened to it quite a bit, but like you say, in snippets. It's, it's like when it gets to that, it's like sticking a film on. It's like having enough yeah, time yeah. to stick a film on. So I went for a run and put this on. Mm. and um, I set off for my run sort of like mid to late afternoon, went for a long run, and um, it started going dark about halfway through. I've got to be honest, I was quite scared listening to this album yeah. for, a lot, for a lot of the run. Um, in some particular bits as well, there's like sort of all sorts of bits of screaming and stuff going on, mm. Uh, mm. and crying, you know, the bit where there's the uh, the crying going yeah. on in it, and That's that was almost like, what's that challenge that you made us do a couple of years oh, back? Oh, the Frankie Teardrop. Yeah. Frankie Teardrop challenge. There was almost, there was elements of that where I was listening to it going, I'm just about okay with this. If it gets any worse, <laughs> I think I'm going to, I think I'm going to struggle. Um... <laughs> So, 
Uh, it starts fantastically, this record. I do think, like, sort of up to about track nine. Track nine is Everything is Beautiful But Us, which I think is a really good, really mm. good standout one. I really, really like, there's a song, track six, Rose of Jericho, which is, yeah. it, it's, now that is weird because it's like 13 minutes long, the song. It's quite mm. a long one. It starts off, it's got five minutes of, actually, probably the closest band that says Mogwai. It does sound yeah. like Mogwai. Yeah. It's like mm-hmm. really sort of, uh, halftime stuff it sounds dead good and then it sort of kicks into like sort of almost like a different song I like that one very very much um, I think it's just quite a lot to listen to in one sitting yeah. as, as, as we've said um, I also think for me it does get quite samey towards the end there's a lot towards the end there's a lot of halftime chugger 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 which you could <laughs> probably probably do that I'm not sure about that I, is it a cover or have they just like borrowed well, the Simon some of and Garfunkel the sound of silence bit? Yeah, yeah man. I'm like, I was like, well, there's no need for this. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's completely unnecessary. As a reworking of of, of uh, Hello Darkness, my old friend. Yeah. Uh, and it's just what's that called? The sound of that silence. Sound of silence. Jesus, and I was some, like, you didn't call that. And and somebody has done a particularly bad cover of Sound of Silence. So whenever I hear somebody else. <laughs> And it's like a rocking, a rock, it's disturbed, disturbed. Isn't it? Disturbed, yeah, yeah, yeah. awful, yeah, absolutely just dreadful. Just rotten, just yeah, it's ridiculous. Yeah. So whenever that always reminds me of, you know, whenever, yeah. especially when I do hear a rocking version, it's just yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I don't really know why they did it, and and the fact that it's what ten minutes long or something, and they've just sort of kept writing more and more lyrics to it, like they, <laughs> like oh, cheers, Paul, cheers, Art, I appreciate. You, you started it off. Yeah. yeah, you've done your shift. We'll take over from here. Thanks, guys. It's like, well, hang on. You can't do that to them. Quite amusing, nonetheless, in, in an album which seems to take itself quite seriously, if I'm honest. It's like, it's, yes. it's, you know, you imagine someone in the crowd just like, as, I don't know, as, as they stare out into the audience, someone just bursting out laughing and they're like, <gasps> how dare you? You've burst the bubble of my performance. I don't know. Just something. There's something very serious about this album. Um, yeah, I, I I agree. I definitely agree. Um, however, I watched a couple of videos of them playing live, mm. and it, it does seem like quite a lot of fun. So I watched a video before, and there's not tons out mm. um, there, but there's like there's a video of them playing live, playing the Reckoning in a gig about a year ago, and they, they sort of say, "Oh, we're going to play a new song for you," mm. and that's the one. Um, so that's the one that starts off with the gunshots. Again, I could probably do without them. Um, but it is quite cool how it kicks in. The drums, like, so it's got like a gunshot, and then the drums like rolls into the song. I really like that. That's cool. Um, maybe just start with the drum roll. Anyway, the play that, and the, the, the guy on the guitar is like grinning at the crowd, like loving it, like just smiling his head off, like really, really happy. Um, the singer's a Swedish guy, actually. He's not, the, the singer isn't Justin Greaves, it's not the guy who's. Started it all, yeah. It's this uh, Swedish guy, and like I say, they've had loads of different band members. They call this like the third reincarnation of the band. Ooh. That's what they're on at the minute. Well, they've changed the uh, handle and they've changed the head, and it's uh... yeah. So it's yeah, exactly that triggers broom. So it's only been it's only kind of been going in this lineup for a couple of years, like sort of pre maybe slightly pre-pandemic. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's a lot of stuff to like. There is a lot of stuff. The playing is great. The drumming is amazing. Yeah, yeah. Really yeah. enjoy it. Um, and, you know, there's there's quite a few standout tracks. We should probably talk about standout tracks and playlists, eh? Yeah. Where do you where do you sit? What are you going to choose? I mean, do you go with a 10-minute air or do you go with something a little more punchy? Do you go I with think, a monologue? I, no, definitely don't go with a monologue. 
<laughs> yeah, it just feels a bit odd. Anyway, it feels like there's, it feels like the album needs something like that, but it's not. That's not it. Um, <laughs> Decept as as being in a band who used to use monologues and stuff on stage. It's right. decept, it's deceptively hard to get good monologues. Who who is that? Green Room. Oh yes, you did, didn't you? Yeah, it's deceptively ones, difficult. Though. Yeah, so so we had one, which was the one that we used, which was brilliant. Everyone used to the go, guitar I love that. man. Was it? There was a guitar man, but there's there's also there's there's the one that we used to use in between songs. And it's we're in hell, gentlemen, and it's like a big speech, and it's and that's actually from Evan Any Given Sunday. Oh, nice. Um, that's the American football film, right? Yes, but yeah. and it's it's a guy giving halftime team talk, but it yeah, sounds yeah. like it's like a war film or something. It's really cool. Um, Anyway, I digress. I, I would say my favourite of the album is probably um, Bonifier, are we saying? Track five, is that how we're pronouncing Bonifier. It? Yeah? Yeah, Bonefire, yeah. Which was actually a single. Oh, was it? Mm. Ah. Weirdly, my favourite of the album, and I only realised this just now, is the bonus track at the end, No Regrets. And it's like, yeah. bonus track. And I'm like, oh no, you can't go for the bonus track. That's the one they chucked on at the end for the limited edition release or whatever. It's... Um, but I, I really like that. I really like No Regrets. I, we'll, we'll come back to your answer in a second. <laughs> um, but my answer was No Regrets. Because it sounds like a black metal song. It's, right, like, okay. it's, it's like a black metal song, but they, you know, they go through a few bars of breakbeats and then they play it straight and you're like, oh, okay. This is slightly different to the usual, the usual fare. I, I found it quite interesting. All the kind of creepy notes and everything, but the album's full of them, like the creepiest note that follows this note possible and things like yeah. that. Yeah. Quite interesting, quite fun. But anyway, go on about Bonefire. Yes, well, that's going on the playlist, is what I'm saying. <laughs> okay. Any, anything else to say about it? No, just that it's going on the playlist. All oh, right, it. okay. That, that, was, okay. That, was, that was my standout. Yeah, I'm getting um, it. Yeah, I'm getting it. Um, <laughs> would you see it live? Yeah, I would, you know. It's quite fun to see these kinds of things go off. Mind you, it does remind me of Godspeed. And I, I remember when we went to see Godspeed, we talked so much because we were so pleased to see each other. We'd, you know, you'd come down from up north and my mate Jake was there and we were just chatting and getting on like a house on fire and everyone was turning around to us with dirty looks and shushes and stuff. So it could be like that. But I imagine this might be a bit more rocking. Yeah. 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 We ended up just going to the pub next door, didn't we? Yeah, we did. We binned it off. Band I've always yeah. wanted to see binned it off because yeah, we were too chatty. Unbelievable. Awful. Absolutely <laughs> awful. Okay, so that is going on the playlist. Um, and anything more to say? I don't think so, mate. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> That was it. That was a good week, man. A couple of interesting albums, lots to talk about. Very interesting, very, very interesting, and a couple of good albums to uh, to finish off. Well, what a year <laughs> we've had! Twenty episodes this year. That's four thirty-nine albums because we had one special when we just talked about one album. Oh yeah, we did. Oh. So thirty-nine specials, uh, yeah. thirty-nine albums. In it's total. I mean, do we justify it by saying, you know, we've both had new kids, changes in jobs, lots going on, we have to leave the house more now that the pandemic's sort of over? Mm. That's been a heck of a year, really, hasn't it? With, yeah, like you say, both of us have had kids, jobs, this job changes this year, so yeah, it's been a, it's been a mental one. Um, <laughs> we've done well to get 20 episodes together, to be honest. We have, so. we have, <laughs> we have. But it's been good. Anyway, it's not quite finished there, because we are going to do our end-of-year review which will be out with you the week of the 19th of December. So just before 
Christmas. Your old mates uh, Andy and Chris will pop up with a little little podcast surprise in your stocking. Um, <laughs> and so. what we'll be doing is we'll be talking about our top ten albums of the year each. Uh, we might chuck in a few of our favourite tracks and uh, other bits and bats. A few of our favourite tracks, maybe a couple of our favourite gigs because we have been going definitely. to gigs this year. Yeah, definitely got to talk about favourite gigs. It has been a wonderful year to get back into going out and seeing live music, and I've really, you know, I realised halfway through the pandemic or partway through the pandemic that I was really missing live music, and so first forays back in, it's, it's been quite magical. It's been like a re- rediscovery. Yeah, mm, so plenty to talk about there. Absolutely, absolutely. It'll be a nice little. We'll, we'll just tie everything together very nicely uh, with our, our roundup of the year. We'll get a little bottle of port in each. We doing presents. Oh, oh. I haven't even bought anything from my wife yet, but uh, we'll see what we can do. Okay. Okay. <laughs> right then, just get, us one, uh, get us one of them virtual cards via email or something. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> You're on, mate. I reckon I can stretch to that. Right. Uh, thanks very much for listening. Uh, really appreciate. Oh. Oh, yeah, we don't get to talk about our albums for next week, because that's it. We don't, we don't need to pick albums, that's it. Oh, that's it. Oh, that's weird, isn't it? Well, uh, no. well, so thank you for listening. Thanks for sticking with it. And um, if you've enjoyed it, like, subscribe, follow us. Uh, we're on Instagram, Facebook. Uh, contact us, adventuresinnewmusic at gmail.com. And see you in a couple of weeks for the roundup. Yeah, see you then. Can't wait. See you later, guys. Bye.